Section 17 of A Book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Edgeworth, Part 10. Belinda, Castle Rackrent, The Parent's Assistant, The Essays on Practical Education, had all made their mark. The new series of popular tales was also welcomed. There were other books on the way. Miss Edgeworth had several manuscripts in hand in various stages stories to correct for the press there was also a long novel first begun by her father and taken up and carried on by her the essays on practical education which were first published in seventeen ninety eight continued to be read Monsieur pictet had translated the book into french the year before a third edition was published some ten years later in eighteen eleven in the preface of which the authors say it is due to the public to state that twelve years additional experience in a numerous family and careful attention to the results of other modes of education have given the authors no reason to retract what they have advanced in these volumes in mr edgeworth's memoirs however his daughter states that he modified his opinion in one or two particulars allowing more and more liberty to the children and at the same time conceding greater importance to the habit of early though mechanical efforts of memory the essays seem in every way in advance of their time many of the hints contained in them most certainly apply to the little children of to-day no less than to their small grandparents a lady whose own name is high in the annals of education was telling me that she had been greatly struck by the resemblance between the edgeworth system and that of froebel's kindergarten method which is now gaining more and more ground in people's estimation the object of both being not so much to cram instruction into early youth as to draw out each child's powers of observation and attention the first series of tales of fashionable life came out in eighteen o nine and contained among other stories ennui one of the most remarkable of miss edgeworth's works the second series included the absentee that delightful story of which the lesson should be impressed upon us even more than in the year eighteen twelve the absentee was at first only an episode in the longer novel of patronage but the public was impatient so were the publishers and fortunately for everyone the absentee was printed as a separate tale patronage had been begun by mr edgeworth to amuse his wife who was recovering from illness it was originally called the fortunes of the freeman family and it is a history with a moral morals were more in fashion then than they are now but this one is obvious without any commentary upon it it is tolerably certain that clever industrious well-conducted people will succeed where idle scheming and untrustworthy persons will eventually fail to get on even with powerful friends to back them but the novel has yet to be written that will prove that where merits are more equal a little patronage is not of a great deal of use or that people's positions in life are exactly proportioned to their merit mrs barbold's pretty essay on the inconsistency of human expectations contains the best possible answer to the problem of what people's deserts should be let us hope that personal advancement is only one of the many things people try for in life and that there are other prizes as well worth having 
miss edgeworth herself somewhere speaks with warm admiration of this very essay of the novel itself she says writing to mrs barbold it is so vast a subject that it flounders about in my hands and quite overpowers me it is in this same letter that miss edgeworth mentions another circumstance which interested her at this time and which was one of those events occurring now and again which do equal credit to all concerned i have written a preface and notes she says for i too would be an editor for a little book which a very worthy countrywoman of mine is going to publish mrs ledbetter granddaughter to burke's first preceptor she is poor she has behaved most handsomely about some letters of burke's to her grandfather and herself it would have been advantageous to her to publish them but as mrs burke heaven knows why objected she desisted mrs ledbetter was an irish quaker lady whose simple and spirited annals of balator delighted carlyle in his later days and whose cottage dialogues greatly struck mr edgeworth at the time and the kind edgeworths finding her quite unused to public transactions exerted themselves in every way to help her mr edgeworth took the manuscripts out of the hands of an irish publisher and says maria our excellent friend's worthy successor in st paul's churchyard has on our recommendation agreed to publish it for her mr edgeworth's own letter to mrs ledbetter gives the history of his good-natured offices and their satisfactory results from r l edgeworth july fifth eighteen ten miss edgeworth desires me as a man of business to write to mrs ledbetter relative to the publication of cottage dialogues miss edgeworth has written an advertisement and will with mrs ledbetter's permission write notes for an english edition the scheme which i propose is of two parts to sell the english copyright to the house of johnson in london where we dispose of our own works and to publish a very large and cheap edition for ireland for schools i can probably introduce the book into many places our family takes three hundred copies lady longford fifty dr beaufort twenty and company i think johnson and company will give fifty pounds for the english copyright after the transaction mr edgeworth wrote to the publishers as follows may thirty first eighteen eleven edgeworth town my sixty-eighth birthday my dear gentlemen i have just heard your letter to mrs ledbetter read by one who dropped tears of pleasure from a sense of your generous and handsome conduct i take great pleasure in speaking of you to the rest of the world as you deserve and i cannot refrain from expressing to yourselves the genuine esteem that i feel for you i know that this direct praise is scarcely allowable but my advanced age and my close connection with you must be my excuse yours sincerely r l e tears seem equivalent to something more than the estimated value of mrs ledbetter's labours the charming and well-known mrs trench who was also mary ledbetter's friend writes warmly praising the notes miss edgeworth's notes on your dialogues have as much spirit and originality as if she had never before explored the mine which many thought she had exhausted all these are pleasant specimens of the edgeworth correspondence which however 
following the course of most correspondence does not seem to have been always equally agreeable there are some letters among others which i have been allowed to see written by maria about this time to an unfortunate young man who seems to have annoyed her greatly by his excited importunities i thank you she says for your friendly zeal in defence of my powers of pathos and sublimity but i think it carries you much too far when it leads you to imagine that i refrain from principle or virtue from displaying powers that i really do not possess i assure you that i am not in the least capable of writing a dithyrambic ode or any other kind of ode one is reminded by this suggestion of jane austen also declining to write an historical novel illustrative of the august house of coburg the young man himself seems to have had some wild aspirations after authorship but to have feared criticism the advantage of the art of printing says his friendly minerva is that the mistakes of individuals in reasoning and writing will be corrected in time by the public so that the cause of truth cannot suffer and i presume you are too much of a philosopher to mind the trifling mortification that the detection of a mistake might occasion you know that some sensible person has observed that acknowledging a mistake is saying only in other words that we are wiser to-day than we were yesterday he seems at last to have passed the bounds of reasonable correspondence and she writes as follows your last letter dated in june was many months before it reached me in answer to all your reproaches at my silence i can only assure you that it was not caused by any change in my opinions or good wishes but i do not carry on what is called a regular correspondence with anybody except one or two of my very nearest relations and it is best to tell the plain truth that my father particularly dislikes my writing letters so i write as few as i possibly can end of section seventeen